Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal. Welcome to season four of The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkillstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of agility in your career and how to know when to make a big or even a little change. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Eric Cabral, founder and CEO of On Air Brands. Eric, welcome to the show. I am so happy to be here, Greg. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, looking forward to talking with you here. So why don't we start by um, having you give a little background on yourself. Uh, where did you start your career and, and what was the first major pivot you made? Yeah, great question. I started my career doing the traditional route, you know, that that friends, family, mother, father, you know, go get a great job. Well, go to school first, you know, go to go to four years of college and get your degree and get a great job. And I did all of that. You know, I, I jumped into corporate America. I bled whatever corporate colors they had. I did that for over 20 years, Greg. And um, it got to the point where I slowly climbed up the ladder as a creative. I I, there was a lot of resistance, to be honest, because I just wanted to be a pixel monkey pushing pixels and pencils and uh, doing the work and keeping my nose to the screen. Um, and I was always forced, not forced, I was being influenced by my managers to become a manager because they're like, you're great with people. You're great with this and that. You you need to step up. You know, you're getting older. When I finally embraced that, Greg, I was like, wow, I'm getting an MBA in business. I had no interest in that, but it just happened, right? And um, I started to build systems and teams and processes. Uh, Most of my my wheelhouse and zone of genius is influencing people to like take take the leap and follow whatever the mission was for the company. So as I gained experience through the later part of my career, I realized, man, I'm I'm making millions of dollars for these companies within this business. Literally, one of them was flat a half a million dollars a year for like 10, 12 years. When I got put into place, um, my team and I um, left with 2.8 million. So they closed that uh, division down and we we created a $2.8 million business internally inside of a Fortune 100 company. So that gave me the confidence, Greg, to to take the leap into entrepreneurship and say, I, if I could do it for them, I could do it for myself. What am I doing? 
<laughs> yeah. So what are, what are you doing now? And, and, you know, talk about a little bit about what led up to that. Yeah. So as I alluded to, uh, I, I'm, I'm from creative, you know, I went to school of visual arts in Manhattan and, um, you know, cut my teeth doing what I loved, which is design. And I, you would think that I created a, an agency, you know, a creative design marketing agency, which I did not do right off the bat. I, I wanted to experience something new uh, to the behest of my wife. She was like, what are you doing? What do you want to do? And I'm like, I want to do real estate investing. It <laughs> <laughs> seems mind? a little different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Completely different. Left side of the brain, data analytics. And um, I embraced it and I did it in, within eight months of me investing my time and energy and surrounding myself with the right people. I, uh, I bought a multifamily building and um, managed it and figured it all out, blood, sweat, and tears. And when I did that, I didn't realize, uh, Greg, what I was doing was I was building a network and I was um, really adopting an abundance mindset because the real estate investors, uh, there's no competition in that world. They, they all help each other and they're all willing to share ideas. And I found a coach and I found a mentor and I started to adopt their mindset. And I started to realize that my superpower being creative can serve this community. So I help one person do a logo. I help another one do a website, help another one with their branding and marketing, um, you know, communications. And all of a sudden it was more than me as a solopreneur or freelancer. I had to hire teams to get the work done. And On Air Brands was born. I started hiring people and all of a sudden I recreated what I had in corporate America. Nice. Pretty wild, yeah. So, talk. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about on-air brands then? Mm. Sorry, I sipped on some coffee here. Um, so, when on-air brands came, I, 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 I you know, as as a branding guy, I was like, what? Are, what I, I'm going to amplify people's voices. You know, I want to amplify their message, and I, I, I couldn't find it. Like, it was already an agency called Amplify. So. It came to me. I was having uh, lunch with uh, my business partner at the time, and On Air Brands came to me, and I, you know, took my iPhone out, and all of the domains were available, Greg. And I was like, I literally ran out into the parking lot and started crying. I was like, This is it. We put people on air. People will resonate with that. They understand that. That has got a history, right, in, yeah. in broadcasting. So that was our tagline at the time: broadcast your message. Um, it has since evolved to. Um, making the world a better place one mic at a time. And that is our mission. On Air Brands has become a conduit and, and a platform and a tool set for our clients to create a brand or take their current brand and elevate it to the point where, you know, they become the broadcaster, you know, very much like Gary Vee considers himself a broadcast network. So right. everyone has the understanding that joins us that they have to create a channel. They have to create their own multimedia agency to complement and to serve their business. So that's what we do. We start with podcasting and then um, then social media after that. And yeah, we, we just love to serve and we love to figure out, you know, solutions to problems that they're having. Yeah. So you've seen some big changes in the event space, uh, particularly recently. Mm. Can you talk about your experience there? Just, you know, in person to virtual yeah. now back and uh, hybrid and all that, all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And please stop me. If I, if I rattle, rattle on, you know, I can continue talking here. Um, so, so yeah, we, we created a, a an event and it was called, it's called PodMax. And that event 
served our community, right? So we, we were creating podcasts for people and we had all access to podcasters and we had access to business owners. So I was like, can we just create a matchup, you know, uh, event where people can get on each other's shows and network and, and hopefully create something together. So we did it once, we did it twice, we did it three times live and it get, kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, Greg. And people were getting to the point where they were literally willing to pay thousands of dollars to be in the room because they started, word of mouth started getting around that people were finding business owners, uh, business partners, people were finding um, you know, clients there, uh, not just because of the podcast recordings, which were all live. We had about you know eight to a dozen studios. Um, and all running at the same time, recording 50 or 60 episodes in a day. And it was magic. I was like, whoa, this is amazing. And people would, you know, convene during lunch and people wouldn't want to leave at night. And there was just a lot of engagement and a lot of community that was building. And that I did not anticipate, Greg. So yeah. then what happened, right? <laughs> February, March of 2020, live events, no more. Everybody figure it out. So we quickly put pen to paper and launched our first virtual event, I think in May, uh, with the support of VaynerMedia and James Orsini. He was a huge um, you know, supporter and love and came to into keynote uh, for us. And it was, it was spectacular to the point where Vayner asked us to have a meeting to say, how did you figure this out? What are the, what are the lessons that you've learned uh, by doing, I think at that time when we had the meeting, two or three of virtual events. Um, so, we were one of the early ones to figure it out, but then eventually everybody figured it out by the end of 2020. Uh, at the time, we don't do them anymore, but at the time, I think we did about a dozen, a little over a dozen virtual events. And it was, if anything, an amazing way to build a community. And the community mostly consisted of podcasters. So we served mostly the podcasters, even though the ones buying tickets were were entrepreneurs, business owners that wanted to be on podcasts, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was definitely an amazing experience, um, and and like you said, it was a way for us to pivot and to survive during during COVID. Yeah, no, that's 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 great, and I mean, it seems there seems to be a thread here of uh, you know in in your career of building networks and um, and and just finding ways to connect people, um, and, and so to talk a little bit more. Um, generally about changes in career. I mean, you know, certainly you described, you know, going from, from creative to real estate to, you know, to where you are today. Um, what, from a mindset perspective, what did you need to overcome in order to take kind of that first big leap out of what I'll just assume out of a comfort zone and into something like, like real estate, for instance, that you didn't necessarily have a, have a background in or anything like that. Like what, what helped you overcome that? Yeah. Those, those internal barriers. Yeah. Such a great question. I, I am still figuring it out and I'm evolving each and every day as a business owner. Uh, I, I love this quote by James Clear in Atomic Habits. So he said this on a show, uh, one of my favorite podcasts, Bigger Pockets. He said, um, entrepreneurship is personal growth and self-development in disguise. Mm. I had no idea 
like when I jumped into it, I was like, I just need to replace my six figure salary. That's all I need right. to do. But I didn't know, Greg, that I need to wake up early. I need to eat right. I need to, um, you know, adopt the mindset of abundance. I need to, uh, you know, exercise, do meditation, yoga, whatever it was, all the things that I have ha incorporated into my life now happened over time, over the course of years and years and years of sort of training those muscles and getting comfortable with that side of uh, life. Because from from corporate America and my mindset as a W-2 was that, you know, there's no room, there's nothing wrong with me. Why, why do I need to <laughs> right. meditate, right? Why do I need to do these things? There's nothing wrong with me because what has happened is we have been programmed to think that if you go seek help, if you look for a mentor or coach, then there's something wrong with you. You're lacking. That is the opposite of what I believe now. Like I am always looking for opportunities for someone uh, to be in my world that I can learn from. I'm always looking for opportunities for someone to serve. For me, it was always about what's in it for me. What do I get out of this situation when I walk into a room? Now it's all about, well, I walk into a room, Greg, and I'm like, who can I serve? Who needs help? Who needs me? So it was, it was a long transition. Um, and, and, you know, it was things like the miracle morning that put that put into place atomic habits, listening to Tony Robbins every single day to upgrade my operating system because my operating system needed <laughs> a serious upgrade, uh, cause it was adopted from, you know, the seventies, eighties, nineties, when I was growing up 2000, you know, from, a from a family and a tribe of people that weren't on entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, and you can kind of see this, I mean, having been surrounded by entrepreneurs for, for quite a bit of my career and, and been one myself several times, you know, you kind of see the ones that, that seem to thrive are open to change. They're to your, to your other point, they're open to helping others and not necessarily, you know, pay it forward. I know that's kind of a cliche, but I, you know, it's, it, it works, you know, not, not necessarily like expecting something in return right away. Um, you know, openness to change, openness to, I guess, to the vulnerability that it takes to say, I need help. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, you know, you kind of see the ones that the entrepreneurs that don't thrive, they kind of close themselves off from others. They are kind of rigid in their, in their ways and, you know, they can achieve some levels of success, but I feel like the ones that really thrive and the ones that we really, um, the ones that we can really learn from are the ones that kind of have that, that other more open and, and I mean, I call it a more like agile mindset and, you know, obviously this is the agile world podcast, so, um, I'll, I'll go there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right. The word that you said there that stands out to me most is vulnerability. Once I stepped into that and I opened up, you know, my chest to to people in my community and 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 you know what was funny, Greg, growing up, that was my way to quickly bond with someone or to to um, feel comfortable in a space where I felt uncomfortable. I would always I always had this ability, maybe I picked it up from my father who was mostly in sales, adapting, you know, the way I speak, you know, and, and mirroring what the person yeah. in front of me was doing, um, you know, and I think that translated when I started to, to build business and, and, and all throughout corporate America, you know, I think that's how I made friends. You know, I always related to them. I always had empathy and I always tried to understand where they were coming from and speak their language. So then that translated really well to owning a business because as you know, and as we all know, who are successful in, in, in business is business is based 
to me, first and foremost, in any successful engagement, relationships. You have to build relationships with people. And how do you do that? You have to lead by example and and go back to the vulnerability aspect. If you're closed off and you're guarded and they will sense that and they won't trust you. You can't trust someone who has their doors closed, their walls up until they open the doors and pull put the drawbridge down for you for you to step in. And then now a real conversation can be had. And that's what I love about podcasting. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Well, what what advice would you have for someone that's maybe doesn't have the you know the the experience and the the lessons learned and the um all all of that kind of the the bruises from being an entrepreneurship like what advice would you give them um that to somebody that doesn't quite know where to start yeah m- mindset it's mindset and i know it can be looked at as fluff like a lot of people are like just give me tactics or just tell yeah. me how to do things yeah absolutely you can get the tactics you can get the strategies and execute on them but it'll only get you so far um, I, I always, I always liken this to, uh, stacking chips, you know, I'll go back to the poker playing thing where, you know, you've got, you've got your, 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 your financial stack, and then you, you, you keep adding chips to that. There are some people out there where that's all they stack on and they never stack the chips in the love category, in the yeah. family category, in the spiritual category. All of a sudden you see a big, fat, miserable millionaire, multimillionaire. Why? Because they never stack chips in the other aspects of life. So that's where I started to pay attention. I was like, okay, I'm gaining financial success, but I'm miserable. Why am I so unhappy? And then I started to work on the other levels, the other buckets that I needed to fill. So then now I can wake up every morning and have gratitude and appreciation. And like, this is the stuff that keeps you going. If you're an entrepreneur or you're W2 and you want to transition, you have to work on yourself. And that is the hardest part because people think they don't need fixing, but we do. There's a ton of programming that was put into our heads that we had nothing to do with, nothing. And now that is holding us back from succeeding. You can achieve a level of success. Yes, absolutely. But how do you break through? It's mindset. If you talk to anyone who has ridiculously financial success, they speak a different language. Like they're all about giving. They're all about contribution, love, connection, all those things that people deem as fluff because they didn't get it yet. They haven't arrived. So that's where I started to realize I need to be around these people. And that's all who I I hang out with now, Greg. It's all about mindset and getting yourself around the people that speak the language and adopt the, the, the same mindset. Yeah, love that. So I I know it's hard to uh, you know predict the future with with much accuracy, but you know what what are you kind of listening for, or how will you know when it's time to make a change in in your own career? Oh man, so good. Uh man. So it's getting to the point, and we'll get to the point where um, I'm not operating in my business. It's very it's, it's, it's drastically changing. You know, I have a COO who's, who's basically the CEO as well. Like she's running the company. Um, and then I can, I can go travel. I can make, uh, you know, stronger relationships, build relationships, uh, partnerships. And now it's about lifestyle. Now it's about how do I pour into my family? How do I be the best father, the best husband I could be? Because I don't have to worry about the business as much. It's doing its own thing. So what's cool about that, Greg, is, you know, we do talk about an exit strategy or we talk about legacy. What do we want to do? Do we want to be acquired? 
then what happens with that capital that, you know, what do we do with it? Do we put it into real estate? Do we acquire other businesses? So we're getting to that level where those conversations, those high level conversations of the future, um, you know, because she's much younger than I, my, my business partner. So I am happy with her running the company for another 25 years, if that's what she wants to do. Um, but then also for me personally, like I said, what's the next step in life? You know, how do I, how do I create more legacy? Um, and it's, it's finances, it's, it's, um, creating a spiritual path for my family. Um, and then, you know, ensuring that I raise kids who don't feel entitled, right? Because money is not an issue for them. They are, you know, they didn't grow up the way I did. You know, I grew up in the streets of Yonkers and, um, you know, they live in a, a very nice neighborhood with very little problems. To be. <laughs> so that's the challenge right now is yeah. family and, and, and growth. Yeah. Well, um, one last question before we wrap up here, um, you know, just, uh, we talked about quite a few different things here. So, um, you know, what's, what's a book article, other resource that you might recommend somebody, um, reads, listens to watches, whatever the case may be to kind of learn, learn more about some of the topics we talked about. Yeah. Uh, so who, not how by Dan Sullivan, uh, that's a game changer. Um, because a lot of people think about like, you know, how, how do I, how do I fix this? Or, you know, what's the problem? How do I get, how do I get the solution? No, it's, it's not about that. It's about who can fix the problem. Who can you get in your world to help you uh, find the solution? So that's a really good book that I highly recommend. Uh, Dan Sullivan, strategic coach guy. Um, this isn't a book that I'll recommend, but something that I picked up recently. Uh, the one thing, if you guys know, you know, Gary Keller, um, they, they create, they have a whole, you know, ecosystem. And, uh, but, uh, but the one thing that I picked up recently is the core value uh, deck of cards. It's, it's a, it's a wonderful uh, uh, exercise for you to go through where it comes with like literally probably a hundred cards that all have words on them, you know, like advocacy, abundance, um, you know, commitment. And it, it's all sorts of words where when you flip them over, you start to pile, which resonates with me or my business, you know, or my spouse. And then you push to the other side, the stuff that doesn't resonate or, or connect with your core values. And then you start to narrow down right now. I probably have 50 in my core values. And then you narrow it down to 12 and then you narrow it down to three. And then now you can have the best tool in your pocket in terms of your core values and beliefs uh, distilled to a point where whenever you make a decision, it's based off of that. It's based off of your core values. And then you're quicker to make decisions. You're, you're more confident in that decision because you understand who you are or where your company uh, lies in terms of their core values. That's great. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to check that out. Actually, that, that's, that sounds, it's that really, sounds it's really cool. Yeah, definitely check. I think um, I'm trying to look at the, the website. It's, it's, uh, it's so just look up. Yeah. The one thing, my core values uh, and they have a company, they, they created the, a productive product and productive is with a K P R O D U K K T O. Yeah. But it's good. It's a good exercise. A lot, it came highly recommended by a bunch of people in my, uh, one of my masterminds. So yeah, nice. good stuff. Wonderful. Well, Eric, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, for those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have my own show. Um, I'd love to have you on there as well, Greg. Uh, yeah. It's called Entrepreneur Circle. So be on the lookout for that. Apple, Spotify, you know, all the usual places you can find podcasts, Entrepreneur Circle. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Eric Cabral, founder and CEO of Honor Brands for joining the show. 
Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.theagilebrand.show. To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkilstrom.com. Until next week, stay agile.